Kongs Archons. Welcome to Sanctimonious, a Keyforge podcast where two zealous Keyforge players discuss various topics regarding combat within the Crucible. Stand at attention and salute your hosts, Sir Jake and Sir Dan. Welcome back to another episode of Sanctimonious, a Keyforge podcast. This is Jake, and I'm joined by my wonderful co-host, Dan. Dan, how are you doing today? Hey, 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 Jake. I am doing so well, so very well, in the light of the huge announcement, just basking in the afterglow. You're not crushingly disappointed right now? No, man. Give me that sweet cash. Well, we will be talking all about uh, everything to do with the big announcement in this episode. It's actually funny. We were thinking about doing an episode on uh, adaptive strategy, which will certainly be coming down the pike sooner or later. But knowing this announcement is coming, we're like, maybe there'll be enough to talk about for a whole episode just on that. And uh, I think based on the discussion that's been generated over this, we might just be able to get there. What do you think, Dan? Yeah, no, I mean, apart from their big announcement, like their little rapid fire, smaller announcements were pretty exciting as well. Well, I'm excited to dive in. I think there's a ton to talk about. Uh, But before we do that, let's start with a weekly inspiration. Sweet. I think it's my turn to go first. That works for me. All right, so uh, my inspiration is I actually got to meet some Discord people. Hey, how about that? B-Hawk actually came out here. Him and his wife came out for a visit. So me, him, and his wife, my wife, and my two kids, we all went on a five-mile hike in the greater Seattle area, had a nice lunch. Uh, the great news is the wives got along great, so we might be able to hang out again <laughs> if we ever end up in the same <laughs> locale again. So, no, it was a super fun time. So thanks, B-Hawk, for meeting up. That was super blast getting to hang out with you for a day. And, um, yeah, <laughs> the really funny thing is we both tried to surreptitiously, like, sneak a deck into the other person's car. <laughs> and so instead of being, like, super generous, we just um, coincidentally made a trade. So, uh I gave him a triple control of the week deck that I like, Dignitary Lonnie Javitasker. He kind of had his eye on it for a while, and I kind of brought it with me and decided to turn it over to him. And he returned the favor to me, without knowing it, with a deck that I was... <laughs> when he first told me about it, it's like, I have to have that deck. Uh, it's, it's pretty much for the title alone. It's The Man Who Pines for the Green. And so I've got like 12 years of working on a golf course as a greenskeeper. And I'm like, oh my goodness, like I have to own that deck. And yeah, it's a blast to play. It's got triple streak, um, poor Zodded today. I had him his hand reduced to two cards in hand because I had him. It's also got binding irons and I had all three streaks out and surrounded. So <laughs> he was hit minus what? four cards for two turns. <laughs> uh, but fun. yeah, so wow. it was super fun. That was really good time and <laughs> a really funny thing that we both uh you know tried to be all sneaky and sneak the deck into the car i saw him open my driver's side door i'm like no way he's not doing the same thing i just did inside of his car <laughs> uh well this is pretty awkward actually because uh i didn't uh i mean i must have missed my invite to hike <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, there's only like, what, 14 or 15 states between us. I don't. <laughs> That's cool. It must have got lost in the mail. Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. 
That's definitely it. Yeah. Okay, good. Uh, well, let's move on to my inspiration. I got to play in a reversal tournament last weekend. I actually thought I was going to be playing in the store championship, which I was super excited for. It was a two deck sealed survival. Woke up in the morning and looked at my Facebook events and realized that it did not start at 1 p.m. in the afternoon. It actually started at 9 a.m. So missed out on that. But the good news for me was they were doing the reversal tournament afterwards for people who got knocked out of the store championship. And actually, I think they ended up just finishing in time that everyone who wanted to got to play reversal. Uh, so it was a lot of fun. I played my uh, go-to reversal deck, Mr. Pudzi, and ended up taking down the tournament and won my uh, Bulwark playmat. So that was pretty exciting. Boom. Nice work. Yeah. Um, and I'll just go ahead and spoil it here. I think that I've solved the reversal format. Uh, the- <laughs> Here, yes, lay it on me because I just looked through my collection based on what our Discord discussion was going on, and my decks are all too good. Yeah, okay. Well, a lot. Everybody looks at my deck, which is now seven and one in reversal uh, turn organized play, and just says this is like way too good. So y- there might be one in there, and I really think this is the key. It's just like you want to play as many crappy creatures as possible. So my deck is Mars Untamed Sanctum. And it's just got a ton of creatures. Some of them are pretty good. There's two Hypno Beams, which is pretty sweet, uh, especially because a lot of people are playing with Mars and Sanctum and Untamed type stuff in their decks too. Uh, but it's mostly just creatures. It doesn't have free Amber Pips. And the thinking behind it is like, I know people aren't going to want to give me Amber Control. Like They're not going to want to give me a bunch of Amber uh, free Amber Pips on their cards. I mean, if they do, I'm fine with that. And like you, you have to give up something, and most people are making a concession and giving board control to the opponent. So what's happening is I'm giving people a deck with a bunch of creatures. They're handing me solid board control, and I've just been able to win that way. So nice. No, I like it. Sounds real good. So yeah. So maybe uh, you guys can win some sweet reversal tournaments of your own using that tip, and then it will force the format to evolve into something else. Because I do think reversal is really interesting uh, in, a, in a ton of ways, and there certainly is like a potential to play around with the metagame just like you would with Archon uh, or anything else. I'll send you the link to my collection so you can go through my 120 decks and find out which one's the special one. Yeah, I got you, man. All right, sweet. Ready to move to our main topic? Main topic. Burr, burr, burr. Yeah, so in this week's main topic, we're going to talk through all the uh, exciting changes and announcements that are coming to organized play, as well as one that's coming to that's more of a game design related update that we also found out about uh, in the past, I guess, yesterday or a couple of days ago when you hear this podcast. So yep. let's start out with the one that uh, we found out about before the FFG live stream. Uh, which is the leader of the pack announcement. Yeah, so the leader of the pack announcement is a cool monthly local only leaderboard. So they'll be trackable through the Master Vault online or the Keyforge app. So that's pretty sweet. Finally starting to really integrate that app and make it uh, make it good. Um, so how do you make your way up the leaderboard? Simply by earning Amber Shards through playing in Chainbound events or a brand new event series, Weekly Sealed Events. Only Amber Shards earned in one of these two tournament types will contribute to your ranking on the leaderboard. 
so yeah, stores can order these kits. Uh, the uh, the good news is, well, I mean, the good news is there's a lot of cool prizes that come with the kit, and it'll hopefully entice people to come out and play at the store because they can try to get their way up that leaderboard. And if they miss a week, you know, that's hurting their chances to stay up there on top of the leaderboard. So I mean, it's going to really promote more people playing more consistently. And it's going to reward those that do play more consistently. So, I mean, hopefully you partner those two together and you have a more consistent, higher turnout at your events. Tell them about the prizes, Jake. The prizes. I think the really exciting prize is the top four people at the end of the event will get a deck with which features custom art of a new card called Hawk, um, which I guess if you haven't, This is a spoiler, so you can skip ahead 30 seconds if you don't want to hear any of it. But Hawk is a Shadows card that gives you an amber and says destroy a creature if you do gain another. Destroy an artifact. Oh, an artifact. I'm sorry. That's what I was thinking in my head. Yeah, so you're like hawking the artifact. Yep. Yeah, sorry. Um, So it seems like a pretty powerful card. Uh, And the exciting thing about it is like the art for that card in the deck you get is going to be different than in all the other decks. So it really is like a cool, unique piece. Keeping with the Keyforge way will be unique from all the other, you know, top four decks with it as well. So I think that's a really cool prize. I think that beyond just the alternate art, what's cool is it's like you're getting decks as organized or OP support, which I believe the first time we're seeing that as well, which is to me pretty much the most exciting uh, prize you could get. Like I would take that over you know, a chain tracker any day of the week. And as it says in the announcement, this is going to be tracked store to store. So even if your local meta has three different stores that's run, that are running events, um, each store could have their own leaderboards. So, I mean, if you're not thinking you can do it at one store, but I don't know, like it just encourages people to play a lot of Keyforge. Like, oh crap, I'm falling off the leaderboard at this store. Maybe I'll have to start hitting this store over here where maybe I can boost my way up that leader. You know, it's just going to be cool. Like, I'm not saying like people should be stealing people's players, but I think it's just giving more motivation to people to go out and play in these organized events just because like, this is really cool. Like they showed off a couple other cards. Um, They said the decks are going to be, you know, just just like any other decks, they're just going to be built by the algorithm. So, I mean, it's not like you're going to have four of the same decks or anything. So it's just going to be a random deck. So who knows what's going to be in it. But you could have multiple copies of the alternate art card, they said. So if you just happen to get a deck with three copies of Hawk, then you get three copies of that alternate art, which is pretty cool. No, it's super cool. I think this is great for local play. I mean, Chainbound in and of itself, a lot of people have sort of been critical that it's maybe not enough incentive to play weekly just to get a shard here or there, especially when you have to go all the way to the Vault Tour to spend it. So like this really answers that concern. And I think it's just fantastic. No complaints at all on this end. Yeah, anything that encourages more local Chainbound play is good for everybody. Just, you know, yeah, like you said, rewarding actually showing up and playing in those events is huge. So good job, FFG. That's very cool. Let's move on to our next topic. Um, And this is getting into announcements from the big reveal video that uh, Fantasy Flight Games put out on Twitch yesterday. I'm sure and on YouTube as well. I'm sure you can go watch that whole thing if you want to. I'd recommend it. It also has Richard Garfield, uh, the designer of Keyforge, and of course Magic the Gathering as well, sitting in on the panel and adding some really interesting insight to the developmental process of the game uh so it was a a really good watch uh for for things beyond just the immediate excitement of finding out what they were revealing and one of those things 
that slipped sort of under the radar is an actual game design update that is being rolled out in the third set. So once again, this is another uh, mild spoiler. We're going to talk about just two cards that are coming out in Worlds Collide. So if you don't want to hear that, skip ahead. All right, so you've had time to skip ahead. So here's, here's, here's what we're talking about. And the update is procedurally generated cards. Yeah, what is that? Because I, uh, <laughs> you know, I was out in nature, like walking along a trail for no purpose other than to get to a lake and then turn around and walk back to my car. So I haven't dug into the procedurally generated cards as much. Tell me about them, Jake. Okay, so procedural generation, I've always heard that used uh, more in regards to video games than board games. So a procedurally generated game would be a game that like the world is uh, being populated from some sort of algorithm as you play through it. So if I play, you know, a level and then I go back and play it again, like because the algorithm is creating things as I go through, it's going to be different. So Richard Garfield had this idea of how can we do that in a card game? And he mentioned that it sort of had a little bit of that effect with like the master of one, master of two, master of three cards. You know, they're different depending on which version you get. But he, he mentioned that was like a little bit of a cheat and he wanted to explore the idea more. So he's been developing this since the first set. And he says there's a bunch more ideas for how they're going to use it. But the way it's rolling out in Worlds Collide is in a couple of cards that we know of already. So the first is, is Shorty's Brew which is a Brobnar action card that says, action, give a creature two plus one power counters. So not that exciting of a card, but the way it works with procedural generation is when that card, when the algorithm populates that card in the deck, it's also going to turn one of the other creatures in the deck from any house into a mega version of that creature that has... That's the exact same as the creature, but it has plus two to the printed power of it. Are you with me, Dan? Yeah. So if we use a creature we already know about from Age of Ascension, let's say you've got Shorty's Brew in a deck with a Dusk Witch. It's a possible that instead of having a one power Dusk Witch, you get a mega Dusk Witch that has three power. Oh. Yeah, so it, it turns both of those cards into a special rarity card. So it's a way that, just another way, it's something that could really only work in a game like Keyforge, right? Where you're getting an entire deck because you couldn't like add it in in some other collectible card game. And it's literally changing the way that other cards in that deck work as a response to it. So it's just adding even more uh, levels of you know uniqueness to each each deck, which is, I think, super cool. Very, very cool. Okay, yeah, that, that clipped in. Good good example. Okay, cool. Yeah, sorry, it's a little long-winded. So the other one we know about is called Cultural Exchange Officer, and this is a uh, Star Alliance card, and what it does is it actually switches houses with another creature from another house in the deck. So, you know, if you have uh, shadows with it, like the actual cultural exchange officer card would show up in shadows and the shadow creature would show up in the star Alliance house. So, I mean, you could just think about really endless possibilities for how that could facilitate unique combos that otherwise you wouldn't be able to have in the deck. So I think it's just 
like the really like limitless potential for this kind of thing. Um, it's something I'm super excited about. Like when I heard that, I heard them talking about that in the live stream. I was like, this is the announcement. Like I'm super <laughs> excited about this. Uh, like not even realizing there was so much more coming. But, like this alone to me is is so cool and just shows like the capacity that this game still has to like continue to innovate, which is what made it so cool in the first place. Oh yeah, just any time too. Like, God, man, I've been having so much fun. I was just talking to somebody the other day and telling them, man, I wish I really played like normal decks more because I'd probably be a lot better and have better results playing normal decks. But gosh dang it, I love the janky, like wonky decks that play off kilter. Like, man, I just, I love trying to set up those situations where you put your opponent in a situation they've never, ever been in because it's such a weird thing. Like, say, three streaks on the board in between two govs and <laughs> just silly stuff right. like that. But yeah, like <laughs> this announcement with procedurally generated cards. Yeah, that's super cool. Like, all of a sudden, you know, creatures are flip-flopping houses and making lineups completely different, play different. Yeah, no, that's really cool. I think it also adds, and this is going to be a pro to some players and a con to other, but I think it adds to like the chase uh, factor, like the chase rare factor uh, in the how in the decks because like adding two powers to some creatures is going to be pretty meaningless in the greater scheme of things, but like adding two power to like a really high impact creature that you want to keep on the board, like a five power Mermook or a seven power Mother, is going to be absolutely. <laughs> insane so it'll be really fun i think to like hunt for those decks and just add even more of that like excitement every time you're tearing into uh, a new box especially you see that card you're going to be like leafing through like which one got the the upgrade i think that's just really exciting indeed and nobody's talking about it so yeah like get excited yes much excite all right the one i'm really excited about and that there's no actual official release for other than in the video, is the World Championship has been announced. It's going to be in May in Minnesota, near the Minneapolis area, I believe. And the big announcement there is anybody with a World's Invite um, can then bring along two people with them. It's going to be a Team World's event. How awesome is that? Like, that means I've got a shot because I can ride some coattails so hard to the Worlds. <laughs> Well, I mean, I'll, I'll put you on the spot here because right now, so they've said how you can get these. One would be through the Prime Championship, uh, which are upcoming. One way is through the Grand Championships, uh, which already have given out a couple. Um, you know, a couple have happened. I think finishing first in that gives you an invite. And then the third way is being in the top 100 on the Vault Tour leaderboard. So, Dan, right now, I'm sitting at 81, so I'm in there. I probably won't hold unless I can get to Indianapolis, which is a big if, in which case I think I'd have a really a real shot at getting in that top 100. If I do, are you going to join my team? I mean, if you get on, I, we'd have to go together, right? We'd have to, right? For the content. For the pod. Yeah. No. So, yeah, I... I've had a few offers if people <laughs> reached out and want to coattail me. Oh, wow. I know. I thought you were going to be excited. You're like, mm, maybe. maybe. <laughs> no, I, no, we've, we've been play testing with a lot of different people. who have gone to VTs and a couple of people have reached out like, Hey, if I go, would you be able to go? And so I am saving up all my dad points. Um, <laughs> like it's actually that may is a really good month and that there's no major holidays there's no birthdays there's no anniversaries 
So I am hoping beyond all hopes that I can uh, make it happen somehow. So yeah, I'm really, I'm going to work towards being able to go um, if somebody is so willing to invite me onto their ticket because I might get a plane of prime. I think there's going to be a prime near me that's on a Saturday. So I might even have a shot at getting it myself, but um, more more than likely I won't. I, I just don't get out to play in real life that much. So who knows? I could be a detriment to the team. So maybe you want somebody that has more in real life experience. <laughs> maybe, maybe maybe they can play my matches on TCO. Maybe me and my opponent can just agree to play on TCO, and then I'll be like rock solid. But I think that actually brings up like a cool point about it. Is like I think having it as a team format really makes it more of a celebration of the game than if it's just like a purely individual pursuit. Right? You're there experiencing it with friends. Jake. 100 people on a leaderboard, that's 300 people right there. Yeah, that's that's a great point. I mean, I, I, I guess I guess in the grand scheme of things, like card games, like 300 is not like huge, huge, but that's that's just the leaderboard. Like how many primes are there? There's a prime in like every state or there's a couple of primes in every state, almost every state. I have no yeah, idea. Yeah, I mean, is that true? it could be five, 600 people maybe. I don't know. I don't know how many worlds invites they're sending out. No, it's going to be large. Like, it'll be a large event. I'm sure they're going to be running a lot of side events. Like, it's just going to be a really, really good time with a lot of top players and then everybody else they decide to bring. (laughs) (laughs) Also, the the key fort is in... that same near Minneapolis region or in Minneapolis, you know, we've kind of had this long-standing feud with them where we have to see who's the best disc golf slash key forge slash potentially some sort of drinking game <laughs> champion. So that's, that's been a dream of mine to go to the real visit, the real actual fort. So it seems like all of this is just syncing up so perfectly. Like I said, I'm saving up the dad points. I'm going to try to cash them all in and start sowing the seeds here early. and just see if I can't make it work. Because, yeah, like, oh, that would be so much fun. The one thing in the back of my mind, I graduate in May 2020. I don't need to walk. It's fine. I mean, I want to go to the world championship, dude. But I don't know if uh, everyone around me that has supported me in going to grad school and all that would feel the same. So that could be the only thing that would keep me from it. And, or I guess nobody wants me to play on their team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's a very real possibility for me too, I suppose. <laughs> no, I'm really hoping. I hope to get to play in a couple of primes, at least one prime. I'm hoping. I, I've heard talks that there's going to be one about 45 minutes from me, so try to figure out that day, date ahead of time and make sure that I can... Maybe cash in a few dad chips that day to go play in it. I got big dreams, man, because we got so many sanctimonious community people on the, in the top 100 on the leaderboard right now. I don't know what everyone's going to do with their invites, but like, there's really the potential that we could have like two or three, four sanctimonious-oriented teams represented there. It'd be so awesome. Like, I'm just so happy they decided to do it teams because it just it makes it so much more accessible to so many people who are involved with the game and i think just like way more fun too yeah no i'm that was that was pretty huge when they said it was gonna be teams i was like whoa sweet and then you kind of start thinking like well how do you qualify as a team and then they're like whoever has the world's invite invites two of their friends oh <laughs> yeah i have to I, brilliant and now i get to have a rooting interest at all future vault tours <laughs> i just have to cheer for the people that are already ahead of me on the leaderboard i was, I was actually just laughing about this because uh, uh luke 
I think Lo- he goes by Logotarian Luke on Discord. Mm-hmm. He uh, made top eight at Collinsville with me, and he was asking. He's going to the Vault Tour in Las Vegas, and he asked me to look through his uh, potential decks to help him decide on a triad. He picked all his bad ones. <laughs> it was funny because I, I helped him. I gave him my feedback, and I was like, "Oh man, like good luck." Wait, are you below me on the leaderboard? He's one ten. I was like, "Oh, like I went back through and like put spoiler text on all of my messages in Discord." I was like, "I'm redacting all of that." <laughs> nice. All right, so yeah, that's the World Championships coming in May. It's in the Minneapolis area. Me and Jake are both hoping to be there. So yeah, hopefully we see a lot of people there and. Uh, yeah, I mean, even if nobody asked me to be on their team, I might just go. Like, whatever. Maybe I'll just catch it in and go, like, play in some side events. Just chill, hang out. Yeah, for sure. Maybe do some commentating. If we were both there, we could get some sanctimonious hey, commentary. Yeah, That'd be sweet. Yeah, I'd be totally down. So, yeah, uh, whether I'm asked to be on a team or not, I'm probably going to try to make that. Setting it, you know, setting it as a goal right now. It's the, it's September 2019. That's May. Got a lot of time to build that up, save up some funds to get me there and uh yeah hopefully we make that happen all right well let's get on to the uh, quote-unquote big announcement <laughs> vault warriors come out and play oh my god that's actually pretty scary <laughs> oh yeah it's the vault warriors uh so yeah so ffg has stepped up and they are putting money where the players' mouth is, mouths are. <laughs> so, is that how that works? Yeah, you know, they're like, hey. There's like shoving money in mouth. Yeah, so Vault Warriors is the big kind of, I mean, it's it's technically kind of the Keyforge Pro Tour. Uh, the the Vault, War, Vault Warrior Vault Warrior Championships will have a $100,000 prize pool. But you must qualify. There's 10 qualifiers that will be held throughout the world. You have to, let's see here, what is it? I think it's top 32 at the qual- at the 10 qualifier events to get in. Yeah, I'm looking at it. I'm looking at the cash breakdown because that's, oh. you know, that's where my head is at. <laughs> so the qualifiers alone, the champion gets 2,500. Uh, the second place runner-up gets 1,200. Top four, 750. So I guess that'd be the other two people that aren't finalists. Uh, top eight's five hundred. Top sixteen two hundred. Top thirty two seventy five dollars. Not bad for playing KeyForge on a weekend. Yeah, no, it's awesome. Um, and then yeah, the Grand Championship will be held in Miami, Florida, and that's again. So you have to qualify through the Vault Warrior qualifier, and then there's Vault Warrior tryouts. So you can win a free pass to play in one of the qualifiers. And the tryouts can happen at any local store can um, request to be a Vault Warrior tryout. And that just earns you a free ticket. So you don't have to pay the entry fee for a Vault Warrior qualifier. And I think they said some other special prizes as well. So they'll probably be, you know, Vault Warrior branded, whatever, playmats, sleeves. Yep. So this is really cool. Like, is it though? (laughs) (laughs) We seem to think so. Like,. I mean, there's these other little card games out there like Magic the Gathering and Hearthstone and Pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh! that seem to like have kind of big pay-to-play championships, and I don't know that it's affected them too poorly. Right. They seem to be doing all right. Um, I think it's it's just a way to really that the game manufacturer can say, yes, this is a good game. It could be played at high levels, 
and the people that play it at high levels can be rewarded for being able to play at high levels. And I think that's something that's really cool because there's a, there's a lot of people in this Keyforge community that are shelling out some cash to go to a lot of vault tours. You see a lot of the same names kind of top eating or even just, you know, hanging around like the four one, four twos, um, well not four ones, five ones, four twos kind of thing. Where you're just like, wow, some of these people are really traveling all over the place to play in a lot of these. And like the vault tour, while super fun, and I mean you can if you win, you earn, you know, flight and some rooming costs to a future vault tour. Like the payout wasn't like super Super awesome. Like getting shards is one thing. I suppose you buy a bunch of stuff off the prize wall and you can sell it on the secondary market. But apart from that, you know, that was kind of it. You just get some digital shards and now they actually, you know, those players can uh, focus their efforts on something that might be a little more financially rewarding, which I think is a good thing for the game. Personally, I'm with you. Like, I do think this is a great thing for the game. I think it's fantastic that. Uh, FFG is stepping up and saying like, you know, we're backing this to the fullest extent we can. Uh, I think it's worth mentioning that they've never done cash prizes for any other game before, but they recognize that they have something special with Keyforge and they want to support it. They want to grow the scene uh, at the top level. Uh, I mean, that's going to bring more people into the game. One would assume uh, I've already seen today, like, Shut Up and Sit Down, super popular board game reviewers were tweeting out that, like, wow, holy cow, like, Keyforge is entering the big leagues. Like, all that stuff just brings attention to this game. People were talking, like, you know, responding to it, like, oh, I didn't know, like, Keyforge was still a big thing. And people were, like, responding, like, oh, yeah, it's awesome. You know, it's that type of thing that I think really is going to get people reinvigorated with this who maybe picked up a deck. Uh, and then didn't have a whole lot of local support early on and maybe dropped it, uh, but enjoyed playing to get them back to the game. That said, I think like a lot of people were disappointed by this announcement. And I think it's it's worthwhile sort of talking through some of those fears and concerns uh, that were expressed. Because if you look at the Facebook, Keyforge Facebook group, a lot of people... <laughs> Don't ever read the comments, Jake. <laughs> I mean how representative that is of the larger community we can certainly debate of but debate about but clearly some people are disappointed um and i think it's really coming from a more casual perspective like as a casual player you know they've built up this announcement and i don't really see how it helps me personally i think a lot of people just simply wanted online like an official online app, which of course would be incredible. I think, yeah, I think that would be awesome. But like we sort of knew going into it, it wasn't going to be that. They assured us a few times it wasn't the yeah. online. Like, <laughs> so if you were, if that's the only thing that was going to make you happy, then clearly you're disappointed. But I've seen some sentiment expressed that, in people's opinion, having this like big prize money tournament is sort of ant- antithetical to the promise uh, and the spirit of Keyforge being something that's sort of there to be an alternative to these collectible card games that already exist, like Magic, Yu-Gi-Oh, where people are spending tons of money to be competitive and all that. Yeah, and like um, Richard Garfield actually talked about that a little bit during the announcement where he said that he loves to see this higher level play, like people playing um, with, you know, these decks that are, completely unique and he's like like his favorite part about keyforge 
is, you know, like in some of those other games, you could be chastised for including a card in your deck because it's not a good card. But in Keyforge, like, you have to play with that card, and maybe it is actually a good card in your deck. Like, nobody can really chastise you about it. Like, your deck is your deck. Like, you have to play it as is. And, uh, yeah, no, he seemed pretty excited about the announcement as well, because, I mean, yeah, we'll be seeing some very high-level play. Oh, so for the people that, like, said that it's going to, like, ruin the game, like, I don't, man, I don't know how you can say that, um, or that it didn't really do anything for you, and, like, that's fine, like, if you don't want to go play in the Vault Warriors, it's, I mean, they even said in the announcement it's not going to be for everybody, like, it's for those people that really want to take it super serious and play to a high level and compete at a high level, um, the chain bounds aren't going away. Vault tours are still going to be around. Heck, the Vault Warrior Championship itself is going to have a Vault tour attached to it, so you can go to Miami, Florida. I think two Vault tours. Yeah, so it's going to be a sealed and a, or just you know two different. Yeah, so I mean because they're going to have last chance qualifiers the few days before, and if you don't make it in the last chance qualifier, then I guess you just have to play in a Vault tour instead. Oh darn! And you're in Miami. Um. <laughs> <laughs> super good players are not going to be at the vault tour because they're playing in the main event so you could just clean up yeah and no and like some people are saying it's going to bring more toxicity into the to the game and i mean you you're probably going to see a little bit more of that because there's you know in those kinds of events but i still i mean i don't think it's going to invade the chain bound or the vault tours because those people that are playing that are playing that hard edge to win for money like there's no money to be made in winning at a chain bound or a vault tour really like those people are just going to skip those events they're just going to hit up these vault warrior events so and you're going to get a little bit of that because as the community grows like it's just it's it's unavoidable like those people are out there and they just have to make sure that we police it and just kind of keep an eye on it just try to keep everybody playing on a fair and even playing field as well as possible and that'll be something that the judging at these different events are going to have to kind of be a little more on the lookout for I mean, I'm not like quite as willing to embrace the idea that the game necessarily gets a lot more toxic. I think that, yeah, I think no. that like this community is what we've made it. And like so far, the Keyforge community has been built up a- amongst like amazing people, uh, in my experience, who are just passionate about the game and most importantly, passionate about having fun and uh, being inclusive and making sure it's a good experience for everybody. And those people don't go away. It's just important that like we who are already here, already making this community what it is, like continue to lift up those voices and push back against people that would be toxic. One thing that was sort of frustrating to me in, in reading through some of the comments is it seemed like a lot of people were rejecting the idea that this vault warriors could bring more people into the game and that might help with getting some of these local scenes off the ground that have been struggling because there's no data or proof of that. And at the same time, accepting the game that like it necessarily means that Keyforge is going to become a toxic community. And it's like, well, hold on. Like, you know, there's no proof of that either. So before doom saying, you know, if you're disappointed about the announcement, because, you know, you're not going to play in the Vault Warriors, uh, you were, you know, you were hoping for maybe like a fun uh, multiplayer format or something, something else along those lines. Like, you know, obviously, like you're not wrong to be disappointed. That's 100% valid to feel that way. Uh, I just want to like push back against some of like the doom saying that's going on that this necessarily is bad for the game because I really don't believe that and i think like maybe even 
I, I'm optimistic that even if, you know, the Vault Warriors thing isn't for you, it might grow the larger pool of Keyforge player, grow the interest, increase buzz about it. And at least some of the people who are coming in based on that are, are going to end up being more interested in playing casually and locally. And uh, I just think that I just can't see how that's not a good thing for everybody. No, I yeah totally agree. Like, you just we want more players like this is a way to encourage people to play the game if there's like oh like this is serious like there's you know they're paying big money for an event that could win like i mean it's the pro tour like it's the magic pro tour it's the keyforge pro tour like you have to qualify like there's events that you have to go play and do well to get to even go to the vault warrior championships so i mean I don't know. Like you see, magic. Magic has the PTQ or the PP. I don't even know anymore. It changes all the time. It's like with them. magic fests <laughs> now. Okay, magic fests. But I mean, those PTQs back in the day were always like 60, 80 people, and you know, like I drew a lot of people in because they wanted to get a shot at playing on the pro tour. And like this is the same thing for Keyforge. Like it's a chance to like prove that you're among the best players and that you made it there. Like and you got to play in it. Yeah, like growing up playing Magic, like I loved playing the game casually with friends. Like we would have, you know, giant six, eight people, like nonsense multiplayer free for alls. And that was always like just the most fun. But like overriding all that, like was like a the dream that I would, you know, to one day I was gonna like be the best and like go to the pro tour and you know do that and like that was something i really cared about and something that built a lifelong passion for card gaming so i guess we should be totally forthright you know i I, i'll speak for myself like i'm definitely coming from the group that this announcement is tailor-made for like you know, we for you know it it's, it helps the people who are most invested and passionate about this game. Uh, I mean, we have a podcast that we record every week. For God's sake, like obviously, like we're pretty invested just for the time aspect of it. And then on top of that, like you know, I'm a competitive player. Like I've done the vault tours and I've done you know okay. And I feel like I've played that. Feel like I play the game at a high level. So okay, he says. I mean, you know, so it's like I would like to play and compete and see if I couldn't make a qualifier. And uh, if, if there was, you know, if that was feasible to attend, like I would love to do that. So it's definitely hitting me both ways. Like I'm right in the target audience for this. So like, of course, I'm going to think it's great. But at least those are some of my my thoughts of it. And, and now y'all know, like, at least where I'm coming from. Yep. Like totally. If I was if I were only a younger man with less responsibilities. <laughs> <laughs> no like if something if like one popped up around me i'd probably make an attempt to go but again like i'm i'm pretty homebound due to current dad life which is great dad life is amazing so someday i'll you know when this game's still going in like 15 20 years then i'll make my senior run at the uh at the vault warrior Um, (laughs) but yeah no i would it's something i it really speaks to me i would love to play and try to make the vault warrior championship and yeah, no, it'd just be great. I, I'm, I'm pretty excited about it. I'm excited just to see how it goes. And before we get off of the topic, I just want to go over the formats yeah, really quick. Because these are actually kind of cool too. And it kind of, it's one of the things I thought they'd have to do. And yeah, um, so yeah let's talk about the formats. I mean, the formats for this are going to be pretty cool. So for the Vault Warrior tryouts, that's the local store, like earn your free seat at the qualifier. Uh, the format is Archon Current Set. So Coda and AOA need not apply. You'll be having to run a deck from Worlds Collide, I think is when these uh, these tryouts will be occurring is after Worlds Collide. So 
yeah, that's pretty interesting. You cannot use like a Coda deck. Like you're going to have to use a Worlds Collide deck. It's going to be Worlds Collide on Worlds Collide. So get colliding. But Dan, they said that there would be no set rotation. I'm, are, are, are we furious? <laughs> no, because this is a pro tour. So it's going to change and mold as the game grows. And it's going to force the great, the best players to not just rely on that one quad routine job deck or whatever, you know, like whatever that top deck you have that you just run at every event. Like you're going to have to, you have to learn to play different decks. You're going to have to learn to mold with the, uh, the upcoming sets on um, the format triad or the format variants for the tryouts can be adaptive triad or solo best of three. And I love that. Like, I hope most of the tryouts will do the best of three options because all three of those are best of three. Um, triad would be tough with just the current set, but like solo best of three and adaptive would be really cool. I think. Yeah. Definitely. I, I think it's so cool that uh, Reversal could be part of it. Uh, so that's not till the oh, qualifiers. Sorry. Tryouts is just Adaptive Triad Solo Best of Three. So then we get to a qualifier. It's a three-day event. So day one is Archon, current set. So again, no Coda, no AOA. Day two is Archon of the two previous sets. So as time goes on, those will keep rotating through as well. And then day three will be Archon Player's Choice of any of the three decks they've used prior and then the variants there again will be adaptive triad solo best of three or reversal so yeah there's where you can actually get reversal and you know day three you could be in the elimination cuts and be running your reversal deck because that's that's smart right <laughs> they did say that I, I had to laugh because like they, they <laughs> literally said that in the like video they're like well you could even use your reversal deck day three like maybe that wouldn't be the best strategy but who knows like i think that would not be the best <laughs> strategy like pretty much for certain unless you're playing reversal on day three yeah which i guess two. is possible yeah no it's very possible oh that would be sweet what if day one is like solo best of three day two is adaptive so then day three you have to choose one of those decks oh dude that is that's like that's like way too good of an idea for this show that's so sick that would that would be sweet, and they they have that ability. So yeah, those qualifiers are going to be wild. If you make it from there to the Vault Warrior Championships, the format is Archon current set, with the only variant being Adaptive. So you are just running Worlds Collide for this. Well, I guess I guess I don't know when the first Vault Warrior Championship is. It'll probably be with the fourth set, which we expect would come out sometime sure. around May. Dude, May the uh, the Worlds. Right. My goodness, that event just got better. Yeah, I, we'll see if it's part of it or not. But like, so we'd think the next set would be the fourth set would be around May. Uh, so these will start in March, I think it said. So yeah, so you'll you'll still have a little bit of time to play with your Coda decks. But I think yeah, it's so cool. I would I would love to just be like a fly on the wall of the meeting when they were like designing this all this whole thing and just just because it just seems like they just threw everything in. If you're somebody who likes keyforge competitively at all it's just like this is should just be so exciting for you and also it's just exciting to hear richard garfield talk about keyforge as like a competitive game because oh, he's goodness. just like he's just gushing about it like you can just tell how enthusiastic he is alex watkins of course is like over the moon to be announcing this which he's surely put in tons and tons of hard work and like you know fought for the prize pool all the way to the top people at FFG to make this like unprecedented announcement. Uh, but yeah, hearing uh, Richard Garfield talking about like, you know, the depth of the game and like how he's like this, you know, the strategy like definitely warrants this like 
you know, top level play to be rewarded with a prize pool and like incentivize people to put in the time and all that. It was just music to my ears. Yeah. And I guess I even messed up for the Vault Warrior Qualifier. Not messed up. I just didn't give the full picture on day two. So it's Archon two previous sets. So you have to bring a, a deck from each previous set. So like in this world right now, we'd have to bring an AOA and a Coda deck if Worlds Collide is out now. And then when you play your opponent, you reveal both your deck lists and they choose which list you have to play. You choose what list they have to play. And then it's uh, whatever the format is, either adaptive, solo, best of three, or reversal. So imagine that, like day two reversal, where you have to bring two reversal decks. <laughs> so your day one Archon deck has to be like the good deck. <laughs> this is nuts. I'm loving this. Loving this so much. Yeah, I do wanted to just touch on like the format rotation aspect of it. Because, I mean... Yes, it's relegated to this, right? You Vault tours and all that, Chainbound, everything, that's still always going to be open to everything as far as we know. Uh, but this is, you know, more or less what a format rotation is. And a lot of people are not happy about that. But I think that it's just ultimately for the best. I think it opens up the design space a lot. You know, if we lived in a world where by the time set six is coming out and it still has like the specter of Coda and some of the crazy cards that they printed then lingering over the format and like everything and like the measuring stick from which everything else is compared, like that would certainly be problematic Um, and incredibly, incredibly expensive to be competitive. If you know, like these Coda decks are still the best, like people would be really, (laughs) you'd really need to shell out money to get one. And good luck if you're somebody coming into the game, uh, you know, after all, all of these are already in the hands of players who are valuing them appropriately. So I think like just from a cost standpoint, a lot of people saw that as sort of like, oh, it's like FFG trying to, you know, do some kind of money grab. And sure, like, yeah, it encourages you to buy more decks. But at the same time, I think like actually the cost to play is probably lower in the long run than these like wide open formats. For this one format. And this is a format too that like they, I mean, they, they really admit it. It's not going to be for everybody. It's for that like top 10% of like super competitive hardcore gamers that really want to do it. So I mean, those those gamers, which I think we both included ourselves within. Um, yeah, so we're going to have to churn over some decks and buy new decks from new sets, which is still fun anyways. I like doing that. I like having powerful decks from each set. And that's what I've been trying to kind of do here lately is just buy the best of the best decks and not buy so many of the fun decks like I did with Coda. So yeah, it's just going to shape how different people purchase a little differently. Yeah, I think the other thing too is, I mean, if you picture again, okay, so there are seven or eight sets out and you're new to Keyforge and, you know, you're going to this vault tour, like that becomes such a bear to like learn all the relevant cards. You're looking at somebody's like Archon card from a set like you never experience when it was there and you're like okay like what does hand of disc do you know and that's such an important piece of information for like how you play the whole game that it just seems like for these like more casual formats it's just going to be really tough i don't know i think people are maybe thinking about it a little bit wrong in terms of how accessible or not it makes the game and i'm also finding like at our local you know chain bound events a lot of times like these formats that narrow the field a lot to like, you know, some people are experimenting locally with like, okay, so you have to use a deck that's like SAS 70 or lower. 
or in the 70s, or you have to use like a yellow backed deck and stuff like that, it actually makes it like by narrowing it that much, it actually makes it so much more accessible for new people because they're not like always competing with everybody's like best of the best week in and week out. Yeah. So, I mean, it's kind of funny. That's actually almost a point for the Vault Warrior being better for new players as opposed to Vault Tours in the far future. Um, I think that is like a valid point. I can totally see that. And again, like from the very, very beginning, I always kind of thought they'd have to do some kind of rotation because like you said, like being able to track cards. Yeah. So once we're in like year four or five of this game and it's still going strong, like tracking cards from year one, if you started in year four, yeah, that's going to be a nightmare. That's like, like, that's like starting magic and just playing legacy as your first format. Overall, I think it's really good. It's going to keep it fresh for that top level tier. So you're not just going to see the same decks showing up over and over again at the Vault Warrior. Like you'll see new decks all the time because they kind of have to be new decks and the formats could be different. So it's going to change what decks can be brought. So yeah, I think it's a really exciting announcement. I understand, like Jake said, if you were hoping for something else or something different, you could be a little let down that that's the big announcement that there's top tier level play. But I think that's just a great thing for a game to say, hey, we as the company recognize that this game is doing well. And now we're going to try to reward the top level players and really make it make it something that people can kind of grind for and try for. Was that kind of your final thought or do you have a final thought to share? Sure. I'll just final thought over everything. Like I think the local scene actually got a lot with the leaderboards. Leaderboards are really cool. Like I said, I think that should really encourage people to try to make it out to more local events at their store to try to get that top four spot and win one of those free decks with alternate art. Cause and that's just really cool. You're going to have like, I mean, every deck is unique in Keyforge, but yours is going to be even more unique. <laughs> it's such a cool prize. And if that deck turned out to be like really good too, and you're playing a really good deck with alternate art, I mean, that's just a win. So yeah, I think, I think everybody got a little something, but just people expected that big announcement to maybe be more geared towards them. And that's maybe where some of the disappointment creeped in, but keep your chins up. Vault Tours are still here. Chain Bounds are still here. Um, more people wanting to play the game to maybe rise to the level of a Vault Warrior is great for the game because, yeah, we just want to keep growing and keep uh, keep this game going forward. I guess my final thought is the announcement of the Vault Warrior, the World Championship, procedurally generated cards altogether just wildly exceeded my expectations for what we were going to get. The Vault Warriors thing specifically is just like fell outside of the periphery of what I thought was possible that like FFG would take such a bold step to support this game and really try and enter that sphere with these other big games and say like, you know, this game is just as good. This game's better. We're going to, you know, we're coming. Uh, It's just, it's crazy, man. Like when we started this podcast, you know, we had no idea like what the future of Keyforge would hold, right? We're like, is it gonna? What's gonna happen when the second set come out? Are people still gonna be interested in it, or is like the interest died? You know, so on and so forth. Like we were obviously optimistic enough to start this project, and you know, in some ways, it just feels like a huge payoff of just like, yeah, like this game is real. It's great, and it's gonna be sticking around for a long time and i think that's just amazing 
So I, I couldn't be happier. I'm sort of, I've just been like giddy with excitement this whole podcast. Like I just can't wait to get Worlds Collide in my hands, dude. It, like procedurally generated cards. Like what? Like, and I think that two new houses, so many new cards to yeah, play with. There's just yeah. so much to be excited about with this game coming down the pike. So it's just excited, exciting time to be playing Keyforge and like. So tell your friends, get them into, get them in here, dude. Like the water is <laughs> fine. Like now is the time to come into this game, and uh, yeah, that's it, man. Yeah, grow the community. Unless your community is like four people, so you want to guarantee your spot at the top <laughs> of the leaderboard. But then shame on you. <laughs> uh, uh, no, yeah, it's it, it's a good it's a good spot for KeyForge right now. Like I mean, there's definitely things. We want to see continue to improve. Like them using the app for the leaderboards, really cool. I think we've all kind of wanted to see the app used for a little bit more. Like maybe even just like local tournament results, so you can see who you played against, what decks you played against, would be really cool. And I mean, there's definitely room for all that improvement to come. And I think they continue to just do a good job of pressing forward and giving us a little more, a little more, a little more. So I just hope they stay down that path. All right. Uh, well, this has been another episode of Sanctimonious. My name is Jake Friedman. You can find me on Twitter at Jake Fried. That's J-A-K-E-F-R-Y-D. I've actually been tweeting a lot recently, you know, putting some hot takes out there. So give me a follow if you want to get involved in that conversation. And also, uh, Dan was kind enough to create a Sanctimonious Facebook page. So if you like the show and you're on Facebook, uh, give us a like there. Uh, we're going to throw some discussion questions up. And that's actually like a really convenient way to sort of see what people are thinking about various things. So I think we're going to try and use that as a tool to get more input that we can then bring onto the show, kind of like we did with some of the thoughts about the announcement in this episode. So uh, give us a like there. Yep. And I'm Dan is someone, D-A-N-I-S-S-O-M-E-1 on Twitter and Twitch. Um, you can also find us on the discord where the majority of our conversations happen, but yeah, we are, we started a Facebook page. We had a few people saying, why aren't you guys on Facebook? Well, we didn't, we've got a discord <laughs> the discord's amazing. But for those people that didn't want to discord and wanted to just Facebook only, we created that page. And so then again, too, we want to thank all of our Patreon supporters. That's amazing. Thank you so much for your support. And if you feel so inclined to donate to us, Help me get to Minnesota. <laughs> no, we've been putting it all back into the podcast and different ventures and different things we produce for the podcast. So that's where the money goes to. And so we thank you for the support there because that helps relieve some of the financial burden off ourselves and out of our own pockets and out of my kids' mouths. So appreciate all the support we've gotten. And if you're so willing, please feel free to check it out. Archons of the Crucible. Sharpen your swords, grab your shields, step into the training ring. Prove yourself as the ultimate vault warrior and forge those keys.